0: periodically throughout junior high. Someone in my class would get in trouble for doing something dumb. Imagine that. If it was bad enough, the class would be gathered for a lecture from our principal, the whole class. Sometimes it was in the gym, sometimes it was on the bleachers at the football field. I don't remember everything he said, but I do remember one phrase, do you have a hearing problem? Of course the question is rhetorical. No, none of us were hard of hearing, but we were hard of listening. Listening is a skill, and like all skills it can be strengthened with active use and development or it can weaken with abuse and disuse. Plus there are different kinds of listening. Vigilant listening, the kind that constantly seeks flaws in another's argument or ways they might be wrong, is very different from empathic listening. Empathic listening, listening for and feeling the feelings of another, walking alongside them in whatever pain or joy they're feeling, is different from discernment. And discernment, listening for the Lord's guidance and dialogue with the community, is the kind of listening we're talking about today. Samuel is still a lad in our story today, probably about middle school age. From Moses to Samuel, a lot has happened. The Israelites are in the land, but they struggle with remaining faithful to the Lord and each other. From time to time, a leader called a judge would rise up to free the people from foreign oppression and from idolatry. However, it never lasts. There's a period of rest the judge dies, and then the cycle begins again, unfaithfulness for an oppression, uh, crying out to the Lord, the judge is raised up, deliverance and peace, and then rinse and repeat. Israelites soon go into a downward spiral, which culminates in a brutal civil war. Samuel's story takes place at the end of this bloody chaotic period, beginning with a miraculous birth. Samuel's mother, Hannah, was unable to have children. And in the ancient world, nothing brought as much anxiety as the inability to conceive. Hannah prays to God in the temple at Shiloh for a son, and God grants her request. In gratitude, Hannah dedicates Samuel to the Lord's service. It's almost heartbreaking. She leaves him there after he's weaned for the Lord's service, and every year she comes and brings him a little robe so he can carry out his duties. Samuel grows up. Then we get to this scene, and Samuel is sleeping in dangerous proximity to the Ark of the Covenant. This is the same Ark that the high priest could only approach once a year. This is the ark that would, in the next couple of chapters, cause plagues among the Philistines when captured in battle. This is the ark that killed someone when someone accidentally touched it to steady it when it was on in transport to Jerusalem. So this is being dangerously close to the Lord. Dangerously close. But yet, it's kind of a touching scene. You can imagine a 10-, 11-, or 12-year-old boy curled up with a favorite blanket maybe even a stuffed animal, uh, next to, under God's watchful eye. God calls, but Samuel has not heard God's voice before. In fact, it's been quite a long time since visions were widespread among God's people. So it's little wonder that Samuel runs to Eli three times, saying, You called me, I'm here. And it's also little wonder that Eli doesn't grasp what's happening at first. In the settled time, in the settled time, even though it's chaotic, when the people have been out of the desert and in the land for a while, people don't hear God's voice as much. At least they don't, not in the same kind of way. There aren't, there's no booming voices or smoke from the mountaintops here. There's no fire from heaven, no pillar or cloud, no manna. This age is different, but God is not different. God is still the same God from the time of the Exodus. God is still concerned with justice, truth, and equity. God is especially concerned with the failures of those who have a sacred charge among God's people, those who are called to exercise leadership. And God still calls God's people to pay attention Pay attention to what God is doing. Samuel has to learn to trust the Lord, to recognize the Lord's voice. He needs to do this so that he can be a trustworthy leader of God's people. He doesn't learn this on his own. Though. His mentor and father figure, the flawed Eli, helps him to understand who is speaking to him and how to respond. The message, of course, is bad news, bad news for Eli and his sons. Eli's negligence and tolerance of his son's abuse of their priestly office, and, by the way, it goes into all kinds of details on just how they do that in the previous chapter, their abuses can't be made up for with sacrifices or offerings. This isn't to negate God's grace, but it does mean that there are consequences for actions. Chapter 2, Eli did half-heartedly try to get his sons to stop, but only because he knew that their reputation was being ruined, not because it wouldn't be right as someone in God's service to do that in the first place. So God is going to take action. This is the message he gives to Eli, well, or rather that Eli gets out of poor, frightened little Samuel. Even so... Eli helps Samuel understand the Lord's voice, even when that voice has bad news. Eli isn't concerned with being right or with winning an argument. Eli, in fact, seems to have realized that this day was coming. In any case, Eli knows that the bigger picture isn't about him, it isn't about his family. He is the Lord, Eli says. He will do what seems best. What is important is the well-being of God's people. And one of the ways God does that is by teaching people through community to listen to God's voice. And how do we listen for God's voice? Some of us have had experiences here where we felt the Lord's presence or heard the Lord or sensed the Lord in an especially powerful way. Those experiences may have altered our faith or... Changed our whole direction in our lives. But they tend to be fleeting. If we believe that the Lord is constantly communicating with us. Then we will consider other ways in which the Lord speaks. Through the community. Through the sacraments. Through a child. And especially through the word of God. Through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ still speaks to us week after week to repentance and new life. To remember that we are baptized into his death and we are, and the promise of the resurrection. To be fed at this table, to be sent into our various callings. Jesus Christ still speaks to us as his community gathered in his name here at Shalom. As in Samuel's day, we too are coming through our own traumatizing time. Sometimes it seems like nothing makes sense. In fact, maybe it seemed like nothing has made sense for about two years now. We're tired. We're weary. We just want things to return to normal. The bad news is that God's people rarely have a history of things being normal. But the good news is that there is a history of faithfulness on God's part to God's people throughout history. Every week we remember that faithfulness to us. We settle our minds and our hearts. For just a little while we set aside everything else from the world. And we come together. Making an intention to be in the Lord's presence together awaiting the word. We listen for the Lord together. Let's pray. God, as Samuel heard your voice in a difficult time, help us to hear you in a way we can understand. Give us the courage to hear and act on your message. Amen.